TV dedication. And uh, Wesley and Kelly, Brendan and Elizabeth, you could stay where you are at this point. You can stay where you are at this point. Uh, but I appreciate your eagerness, uh, Brendan. That's, and you covered it by just going to sit by your father there. That's. <laughs> uh, now Valerie's getting on to me. I need to stop it. But he's my son-in-law. I can have some fun. And what about Chance's suit? What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jingle all the way. Today we are dedicating two beautiful and of course perfect babies. Sheplin Jean Barber and Lyra Jane Hannington. Wesley Kelly, where are you? Where I'm there you are. Wesley Kelly, what an amazing journey, right? Just incredible. And then to sing that song of all songs today, just incredible. You're both still like kids to me. Uh, and, and yet here you are with a house full yourself. I think it's hilarious. You know, Valerie and I love you so very much and your family. And Brendan and Elizabeth, wow. We're a long ways from that Cracker Barrel conversation where you asked me if you could marry my daughter. And I had only just recently found out, like in the last few days, that you were even serious at all. You know, we love you so very much. Obviously, we love your family. We are your family. And it's great to have the Hannington's down from Canada, from Toronto. Yes. And we love your daughter. Well, we love y'all's daughter, too, both of them. But we love Lizzie, Brendan, we love your daughter. I had lunch with Lizzie and Lyra the other day. Lyra got sleepy. And so Lizzie is trying to eat, and she's got Lyra wrapped up. She's rocking her and bouncing her. And I fell into a dream, and I was transported back in time. And there was my little girl holding her American girl doll, playing like she had a baby and I just stared at her I, I literally this is embarrassing but I almost started crying in that moment I guess it was more like my very real American girl doll Lizzie holding my very real American Canadian doll girl grandbaby I just stared at her but I realized in that moment that time is relentless. It stands still for no one. It flies by. It's just a flash. It's just a vapor. And we only have our little ones for a little while. And they are a source of great joy and comfort. They steady us. They ground us. Really, kids help parents grow up. They're a gift from God to us. But parents are a gift, too, from God to their children, obviously to help them grow up. But God puts us in their little lives so we can help them find and fulfill their God-given potential. Being a parent is a lot like
is a lot like being a minor. I know some of y'all, this is a frog gig light, but there are other places in the country where this is a minor. Being a parent is like being a minor, going into a mine. Somewhere beneath the dirt and rubble of that kid's personality, somewhere beneath the dirt and rubble of their behaviors, their human frailty, there is a treasure, a treasure for us to discover. I'm telling you, there's gold in them, thou hills, and Hannington's, and Barber's. As a parent, your job is to have that eureka moment where you find it, you pull it out of them, and you set them on a path to fulfill their destiny. And every kid's different, each one. They're different from us, and they're different from each other. We have three. They couldn't be any more different from each other. You've got to find the treasure that is uniquely that individual child's. Proverbs 22.2 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That can mean train up a child in his or her own unique individual way. In other words, every child has a treasure in them. Find it, mine it, and refine it. Now more than ever, listen y'all, now more than ever, our kids need us to believe in them. They need that. In his book, Bringing Out the Best in People, hey, I'm going to take this off. Y'all mind? I, I know you're enjoying it a lot. I think we got a few pics. And, uh, and that's super bright. Holy cow. I told Valerie, I, I tried this on at the house the other day, and I said, honey, I said, we could save money by wearing these and turning all the lights out. I wonder, wonder how much, we have an empty nest, you know. Let's just kill all the lights and walk around with minor hats on. I got one for each of y'all. <clears throat> but in his, uh, in his book, Bringing Out the Best in People, Alan Loy McGinnis says, The history books are filled with stories of gifted persons whose talents were overlooked by a procession of people until someone believed in them. He points out Einstein was four years old before he could speak and seven before he could read. Isaac Newton did poorly in grade school. A newspaper fired Walt Disney because he had no good ideas. Leo Tolstoy flunked out of college and yet went on to write the classic War and Peace. What potential lies dormant in these little darlings? What is really in there? Haggai 2, 8 and 9 says, The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. God uses the treasure below the surface to build the house. And that treasure has to be found. It has to be discovered, mined, and refined. In your Bible, there's this guy named Cephas. He's a loudmouth. He's self-absorbed, self-unaware. He's braggadocious. He's a blowhard. These characteristics that were in him helped him build a successful fishing enterprise, a fishing syndicate, afforded him a great living. He had home ownership. 
But that was just the dirt and the rocks on the surface and right below the surface. Jesus saw deep in this man and saw the gold that was in Cephas. He mined it, refined it, and Cephas became the great apostle Peter. He preached his very first sermon, the very first sermon of the church, the inaugural birthday of the church. He preached that message. Jesus looked at him and didn't see the braggadocious guy, but looked deep and he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Paul would later say in Galatians, Peter, who is a pillar of the church, he was referred to as one of the foundation stones of the church. There was more to Peter than what was just on the surface. Jesus found it, mined it, refined it, and changed the world. And I'm telling you today, Shep and Lyra can change the world. They have on the inside of them world-changing treasures. Your challenge as parents is to find the gold and mine it and refine it. It's been said that anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. There are usually four or five seeds in an apple, but there are millions and millions of apples in a seed. And only God knows the potential that is in little Shep and little Ira Jane, Wesley and Kelly, Brendan and Elizabeth. By the way, I have apples for y'all too. I'm, this, I come bearing gifts. You are responsible for managing that potential. You are stewards of that potential. And I might add, you will answer to God for how you handled it. So treat it with respect. But you're not alone in this magnificent endeavor. You've got a wonderful family that surrounds you and is helping and supporting. You've got a church family here at LifePoint that loves you. And today we're dedicating not only these children but ourselves. At LifePoint we do dedicate our babies. We do not baptize babies. We practice believer's baptism, meaning one day when these kids are old enough, they will come to faith for themselves and take that step of faith. We do dedicate our babies. We acknowledge them as a gift that God has given to us, and we in turn give them back. And we dedicate ourselves to raising them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I want to ask Wesley and Kelly and Shep and whoever else might have to come with you and Brendan and Elizabeth, I want you guys to come up on the stage. Join me up here on the stage right now. I wonder if I can flip this around. I can do anything, right? Sorry. Now, we're going to do something a little different. Oh. By the way, this is a little bit different of a ceremony. This wasn't my fault. And this is not because of Lyra. We were shifting everything up. And 
it just everybody came to me. You know, Wendy came to me. She's like, Donovan, this is what we're doing. And so we're doing a little bit different, but it's going to be really cool. If you're, uh, we, We're going to do some vows. And if you accept the following as vows unto the Lord and your child, I want you to respond by answering, I do. So here we go. Do you promise to always and unconditionally love your child, to recognize this child as the precious miracle from God that they are? Do you promise to watch over and protect your child, to shield them from those things that can harm them both physically and spiritually, from the things in this life that are not yet they are not yet ready to conquer for themselves? Do you promise to be a godly example, to not just teach them God's ways, but to show them His ways? Do you promise to teach your child the most important things in life, to love and serve others, to stand on God's Word, not choosing the easy things, but the right things always? Do you promise to take time to listen to what your child is saying, to be there for them when life gets tough, to pray with them and teach them to listen and to wait on the Lord for answers? Do you promise to discipline your child, not through criticism nor impatience, but through the love, the love of Christ? Do you promise to seek God, to pray for wisdom, discernment, revelation, and guidance, that you may know how to communicate, teach, and nurture your child through the fruits of the Spirit, that you will know how to prepare them to fight the adversary and do spiritual warfare appropriately adorned in the whole armor of God? Do you promise to earnestly pray for your child, not a lay-me-down-to-sleep prayer, but to continually lift them up before the Lord to release them daily into the Heavenly Father's hands, knowing that He knows what is best for them to intercede for your child, that God's will will be done in their lives. Awesome. Now, if you guys will go ahead and step down, I'm going to ask the families if you would come up to the front. We're going to gather around them as families and pray. And church family, if you will stand with me and just stretch your hand out, we want to say a prayer. over these amazing kids, over these amazing parents. So if you would just stretch your hand out this way and let's pray. For this child I have prayed and you heard my cry. For this baby I have faith and you gave new life in this moment now i pray and i bow to Did it. 
to trade. 